If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything that you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, it can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it is totally free. So, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So, this is part two of the discussion between me, Mr. Benjamin Nowak, and Epic Eric. If you've not listened to part one, go give it a listen. This conversation really went from JDM fishing baits to bass behavior and a lot of different other rabbit holes that we went down. It's a really good conversation. Two hours of absolute just bass fishing talk madness, and I really enjoyed making it. So go listen to part one if you haven't. Please enjoy part two. And before we get into all that, I got to tell you about the sponsors of this here podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you guys by the good people over at Monster Bass. For you guys that don't know what Monster Bass is, it's a subscription-based company, and once a month, we're going to send a bag full of lures straight to your front door. Now, what's really cool about Monster Bass is that we're hand-picking the baits for the region of the country that you live in, as well as the time of year that you are fishing. So what that means is you're going to get the tools for when and where you need them. Now, another thing that's really cool about Monster Bass is that we are trying to help you guys to broaden and deepen your tackle box. So if you're a new angler, a angler that's learning, or even a seasoned angler, we are going to give you the chance to tell us all the information about yourself that you need to know, including the platform that you're fishing from, what skill level that you're at, the region of the country that you live in, and all those different factors are going to be loaded into a system that's going to help to pick the right box for you. Now, this year, we're also doing something really, really cool. We're doing technique-specific boxes. And now, these technique-specific boxes are going to be focused around a certain technique, but then there's also going to be baits put into that box that help to support that specific technique and help to make an all-encompassing tackle box for the month that you're fishing in or the time of year that you're fishing in. March is when we're going to start this and March is going to be really awesome because it is going to be a hand-picked curated box for where you're living in the country and it's going to help you to go out and conquer that early spring bass fishing time that many of us find ourselves in that time of year. So if that sounds like something that's going to bring some value to your life, make sure to go down in the show notes. I will have a link to the Monster Bass Website, you can use the code BEARD, like what is on my face, B-E-A-R-D, and it'll get you 25% off your entire purchase. This podcast is brought to you guys by the good people over at X2 Power. If you guys have not heard of X2 Power, X2 is making some of the best batteries on the market for every thing that you can think of as far as power sports go from ATVs to side-by-sides to starting batteries for your truck and what is most important to me batteries for your boat now what makes x2 better than all the other people out there on the market well they have a longer life 28 times more vibration resistant than a standard battery 30 percent longer life per charge last about three times longer than a standard battery they're built better recharges five times faster than a traditional battery made with 90 99.99% pure lead. They're made right here in the good US of A. They're guaranteed to be spillproof in nearly any mounting position that you can put them in, and they also have a fantastic value. Four to five year free replacement warranty depending on the battery that you buy. It's two batteries in one, a cranking and a deep cycle battery combined, and they're available exclusively at over 700 Batteries Plus stores nationwide. So what that means is you can walk into Batteries Plus 
Ask them about X2, and there will be somebody there that can help you, that is knowledgeable, and that is kind of an expert on batteries that's going to help you to get the right battery for the situation that you need it in. So if you want to check out X2, there will be a link down in the show notes. You can go check out all the different batteries that they have on their website, or you can go to your local Batteries Plus and ask one of the representatives there about X2, and they can help you out. Wonderful, my bad decisions get accounted in the algorithms. No statistician could dissuade me from my bigger vision. I know my occupation's quite an unlikely place in this world to occupy and talk about upon a daily basis. Our information's predetermined by some biased business. We all in sermon to silicon that push out lovely neighbors. I'm done with paper chasing, think I'm on to bigger banquets. This that full circle, new wave, energy on a Tuesday. Turn a blue day to a bright hue, yellow with a smooth A in here. Extra fruit, the brain. You can't move me. The music is man. It's a con job, but so interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. No, that is fascinating. That brings me to a whole nother point. It's like when I first threw a big bait, I laughed. When I threw my Gancraft jointed claw 230 slow sinking that Austin Neary from Dreamcatchers Fishing gave me at Smith Mountain Lake, we're on a big bass tour. He showed up with five rods, just like he said he would all be baits. I showed up with my shaky jig worm and all sorts of stuff. I'm going I'm to I'm catch him, right? And so I did. I caught a bunch of fish in practice, and he's like, when are you going to put that stuff down, man? I'm like, when you give me one of them gang crafts? And so he caught a good fish in practice. He gave me one. And I hit yeah. it on the side, and I cracked it, and I bought it. Uh, but, you know, I fixed it. And I I did catch a five and change on a whopper plopper the first day, one of the bigger ones, the, the 130. Not the 130. One, yeah, the 130. And so we weighed that in for $300, but about an hour later, he got about a six and change, which is a thousand dollar fish. We thought we won the boat. We didn't, but it was crazy to me. I said, there's just no way these fish are going to respond to something. It sounds like a brick falling off a dock right next to the float. (laughs) And he goes, watch. And I mean, I saw some of the biggest bass of my life, two and three at a time. Sometimes track didn't eat. And I'm like, this is a maddening situation. Out of 30 fish found that goddamn bait, how many go to bite? He goes, maybe three. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. it showed you where they lived. It didn't mean you'd catch them. But you're right. They're tuned into it. I don't know if that splash scared them at first, but then they had to come investigate it when they see a shape of a big shad or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so what's really fascinating to me is a bait like the Clash is so odd. And so injured and so weird compared to your normal traditional glide, it's really kind of it's it's interesting to me that they bite it the way that they do. It doesn't look natural, and it's, well, it's like a, it's so big, it's all it's, it's, it's so, all wonky. Even the it, even the class well, junior man, it's just it's nuts. not only is it big, Ben, but I always refer back to a line stalking a herd of buffalo. They ain't gonna attack the big bad one. They're gonna attack the Very weird funky one in the back. They're going to attack the one with the limp. They're going to attack the one with something wrong with it. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think with big baits, I think it does two things. And I heard Chris Zaldane say this the first time. Usually things in a fish's environment that is that big is not fake. So mm. there's almost a threat level taken away because it's, it's, it's usually when a bass interacts with something that big, it's in its environment with it and it's not very fake. true. And he knows the gizzard shad can't eat him, right? He knows the gizzard shad's a meal. He knows the bluegill might spine him in the throat, but he ain't going to hurt him, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so I think the second thing that it does, 
and I've seen bass do this, and, and this is something taught me so much about fish. I got on a bite one time where I saw fish cruising, and I was throwing a fluke okay. to them and throwing a whopper plopper to them and getting them to eat it. Oh, wow. Well, I would throw that whopper plopper in there, and it would hit the water, and the bass would dart out away from it, like out of fear. And then when it realized in almost a split second, oh, I can kill that, it oh, was like – it was like a drive got clicked over in them. Like, okay, like, you. It, it's almost like it pissed them off. They were like, "Oh, like I'm gonna kill me. this thing now." Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, dude. And then they would just throttle its ass. Like, dude, it yeah. was such a cool bite. But that was yeah. something I would notice. I mean, like they would so fast, almost in a blink of an eye, shoot five feet away from it. But as as fast as they shot away from it, it's like their brain registered they could kill it. And they would shoot wow. the other five foot back and they would attack my fluke or attack my whopper popper cool. or whatever and it was. It's so big too. It creates a lot of commotion, right? And I've seen this yeah. on smallmouth lakes in deep water. It creates such a commotion. There's so much uh, cliche drawing power to that bait that those fish can close on it so much more quickly and with such accuracy because they're mm. not targeting a bait that's four inches long. They're targeting oh, a bait that's yeah. three inches long. Mm-hmm. And now they can more accurately target that thing and come up and, and either hit it or not hit it, right? And most of the times they don't. So interesting, <laughs> man. So Burke question. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm circling back to Berkeley. Berkeley with the science of scent. And certainly has that translated into their crankbait game or their hardbait game? They have Jigs. dominated scent. Jigs. I all right. Great question. Yeah. That's got my attention. Power yeah. bait skirt. Is and it- some other stuff that's coming out we can't talk about. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So they've got this, like literally, Berkeley, globally, the science of scent. I mean, we've all yeah. had experiences with power bait or max scent. If you haven't, you've been missing out. And yeah. and I think their plastics were, are just money. Yeah. I haven't loved their hard baits over the years. Uh, that's not to say that this new generation of hard bait, like a lot of people talk about the stunner. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. How much it's, is the, it's how much is the right? stunner? How much is the stunner? Uh, fourteen dollars, I think. I think it's thirteen ninety nine or twelve ninety nine. So that that's out. I'm gonna take a timeout right now. When's the last American made bait company that has released a bait above ten? 99 right that that is in the 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 slender hard bait minnow slash bait category can right. you think of long one time. long time i have i I've, I've never seen one have you no. i can't I don't remember what six senses i mean it's it's probably the the most expensive right it's got to be yeah probably so tell me probably. about the bait i i i threw it down south a little bit i tried a new uh yozuri one and of course you know the the, the tried and trues that have always been in my box Right, yeah, mega bass. I'll, I mean, I yeah. personally love it. I'm a jerkbait fiend, and I love it. Um, okay, Let's what I like about, about it, what I like about it is the shimmy. It's that secondary action that it has. Like, Ooh. if I hit it soft, it it'll it'll jerk out. It's not like super dramatic. Just hitting it kind of soft, it'll jerk out, and then it shimmies, and then starts to sink. And like, even when you hit it really hard, like. Like on a soft jerk, it kind of rolls up, down, and shimmies. On a really hard jerk, it just pops out to the side hard, and then it kind of goes and then has that secondary shimmy and then starts sinking. And in really cold water, like what I'm dealing with right now, like sub 45, it sinks actually <clears throat> quite a bit faster. Um, but man, I'm telling sinking, you, sinking, sinking faster. So was it designed as a sinking jerk bait? 
Yes, yeah. It was designed to be a sinking jerk bait. A slow sink jerk bait. Yeah, right? slow sink. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was the engineering question on the shimmy was because I'm a big, big, big fan of, of secondary action. Like if mm-hmm. I can find a balsa bait that when I hit cover and I make that quick pause and it will back out and shimmy on the rise and sometimes make a turn towards mm-hmm. that fish. If I give it a little pop and that thing will do like a, a 180. Oh, devastating results. So was the shimmy engineered into the bait? I don't know if it was intentional, but it definitely, they talk about it. Yeah. If it That's wasn't, it's if, it wasn't if it wasn't intentional, it's, it's a great accident because I think that's yeah. the difference between a 110 plus one uh, mega bass and the 112 plus one, you know, Berkeley, because Dirds was throwing a 110 plus one, I think, or someone was throwing a 110 plus one in the boat and I was throwing the 112 and it wasn't even close. Wow. Right. But the 110 is so crisp. It's so crisp. Yeah. And when it stops, it stops. Right. Yep. But the, the Berkeley bait has a ton of app, like movement and wow. Almost and it's sloppy. Almost, it's almost sloppy, sloppy in a good way. Worst. It's like yeah. George Thurgood playing guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mervin, it's not. Boy, yeah. Scott. Yeah. It ain't Steve Vai. Like the Vision 110 yeah. is Steve Vai. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, baby. you know, the 112 is, is uh, dude, it's weird. It is being sloppy. That's the best way to describe it. Like yeah, where is that is that injured? Is that like a weakness thing that the fish is per, you know perceiving? Man, Probably. because that's pretty brilliant. I mean, anytime a bait yeah. maker can but it can engineer, and if I was yeah. the person that developed the stunner, I'm like, oh yes, I meant to do that. Yes, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not telling not telling you how we did it, but I'm I'm yeah. telling you that we built it right into that bait for sure. Well, I'll tell you the first the time we noticed it was the day we got we got a couple to go up and play with in the yeah. super clear water, and I I like to put my phone to the test and stuck it underwater and was filming oh, wow. it. Well, I pull it on and show Alex and we're like, Man, it looks kind of nasty. Like it looks like sloppy, yeah. sloppy. Like it, it yeah. shakes and it like has this shimmy when it's just sitting there and it doesn't. Honestly, so it's sinking, man, it's, it's sinking and doing this a little bit. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. like this, yeah. this, 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 it is literally like your hand, like you know, like you oh know, my you gosh, can't like, make yeah. a jerk bait. So, like when, like when I say it goes up and like it's like, like that. Yeah, and it's like wow. this. I'm gonna it's pull. Hard, I'm gonna find the video so I can kind of show it on here real quick because I have the video on my phone. But it well, is hell, the best man, way I'm excited. Describe. I'm excited yeah. that an American-made bait company might have just developed a jerk bait that can compete with a JDM product. I'm proud. So here we I'm go. Very here we go. To see what happens here. Hold on, let me make you big. Let me make you big. Hold on, Alex. Oh, oh, hold on, Alex. I'm just playing it. I can back it up. Back it up. There you go. Okay. okay. Let me see. So, I think this is the good one. Maybe this other video. Oh, let me back. Let me do this other video. Yeah, it's this other video. It's a better one. So you guys can see here. You can see that secondary shimmy, like when you when you stop it. And it's just very up and over, and it rolls oh, yeah. up and over, and it I shimmies. Saw, I saw, I saw the roll up and over. I saw that. Yeah, that wild. I'm trying to find the slow mo. We got a slow mo video of it too that really shows it. Oh, let me see if this is it. Right here, it is. Here's the slow mo video that really shows it. Watch this. There you go. Look at that shimmy oh, wow. back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Hit it, rolls up over. Look, it almost turns. What? Elma turned over. What? Yeah. Shimmies. Oh wow! Look at that. 
Yep. Look at it. Rolls up and then shimmies. Look at that shimmy. And some of that's yeah. probably because we're running a trolling motor and just like boom, doing it next to the boat, right? Where it turns around like that. But it definitely, like, you can see it shimmy. Yeah. So it's different. It's different. It's cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's, it's, and it's completely different than, than I've seen yet. You know what I mean? And I think that's why yeah. I like it so much. I mean, cause I love throwing a jerk bait and I think this year when that jerk bait bite really pops off, just something a little bit different than what everybody else is throwing is going to be something that gets that bite. You know what I mean? Wow. How, how are the finishes like in the, if you compare the finishes now, look, man, I mean, they're just straight up solid color jerk baits. It just, yeah, they're just, know, rip they're them. just good colors. Yeah. Right? It's good. Yeah. Like they're just yeah. good colors. Um, I would argue they're better than most of the Berkeley crankbait. Like, okay. argue they're better than most of the Berkeley colors because yep, some of the Berkeley yeah. colors aren't great, right? Right. So let's just be straight, but they're just good colors. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. You know, and something I wanted to circle back to this on the scent thing because this is one thing that validates the whole scent thing for me. This was totally unprovoked in a conversation I had with John, the biologist, on my podcast. I said the question I posed to him, and and you got to imagine, dude, this guy does not bass fish. He is not a dude who is knows really anything about the industry or science about the you know that is going into bait work. I said, John, what do you think is the most prominent sense that a bass has? He goes, well, my studies we've done, we're showing that scent is probably the most prominent sense that they have, and the most important. He said, and we've even shown that bass can tell the caloric intake of a of a prey item by the way that it smells is that why and they I chase said, damn blueback herring so badly because it's so i mean right they know yeah and like fools. that was like i literally i was like dude you're gonna have to time out and back up a little bit like him saying that i was like what what like so there's science showing that bass can smell the caloric value That's of a prey item so that's crazy, man. I mean, like, obviously, you know, with hard baits and stuff, it's a total reaction. But when you're talking about plastics, dude, if it smells like something that is worth them to eat, they're going right. to eat it. And wow. I think that that's, a, uh, that's huge, man. That's, that's just crazy. I mean, that's one of those things that make you really pause as a bass fisherman and go, huh. Damn right. Like, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like. Interesting. Oh, man, that is very interesting. interesting. I know so, I like when I open that bag of Berkeley, you know, Max or, or dude, Berkeley Power feet, Bait. It smells like victory. <laughs> feet and protein powder is Max scent. Dude, feet and protein powder. It's Next time truth. you open a bag, smell it. It's feet and protein powder every time. Uh, all right, let's talk about another Berkeley bait that I don't know how it runs, but I'm super excited that an American made bait company. Got it right. I mean, the chick magnet, is it going to work? I don't know. How's this going to compare to the OG Slim? Because they're like bumping up against each other. There is, I mean, I'm a flat side a freak. I love yeah. throwing a flat sided balsa crankbait. I've yeah. caught some gems on those. Uh, they produce for me every year. Fall side, flat side, and early spring flat side, man, it can be yeah. deadly. Talk to me about yeah. the chick magnet, man. This came, I miss East Tennessee so guy's design, right? So that's Strike King. That's Strike no. King's. I'm sorry, Strike King. Sorry about, but I yeah, am, yeah, I'm yeah. proud of them. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. 
Yeah, no, yeah. So, like, I think Strike King and then obviously Berkeley with their Fritz side, right? I think yeah. what that does, I think a plastic flat-sided crankbait with all the attributes of a balsa flat-sided crankbait, I think what it does is it allows – like, I feel a lot more comfortable breaking off and beating the hell out of a Fritz side. And I get just as many bites on a Fritz side as I do some of my balsa crankbaits. And I think what it does is it gives accessibility to that bait sure. to people. It's a more affordable price point. And sure. it's just one of those, it's a lot tougher. You know what I mean? Yeah. And is I a do, chick magnet, is that, is that actually balsa or is it plastic? ABS. No, it's plastic. It's a plastic. It's plastic. Yeah. And so it's interesting. I mean, like for me, dude, the Fritz side, <laughs> it's, so much better than you think it is. Like people, like I think they I like haven't, kind I haven't, of, haven't, haven't, haven't done as well. Me, I, I caught a fish me, he's like, on my Fritz first side. cast with the Fritz side, and then that was the beginning yeah. and the end of my success with it. Probably because I took it off and didn't throw it anymore. Yeah. But it was only like a twelve inch fish. First cast. That was probably the death yeah. of the bait for me. You know how would they say in a tournament? First cast, and it wasn't a derby too, man. Like he yeah. t- he texted me the other day. He goes, "Man, the Fritz side so much better than I thought it was going to be here." All um, right, let's talk about the Fritz side. I want to talk so, about what Fritz side are you throwing and what one have you had? the? Okay. All right. Look, if I only limited you to one Fritz side depth range, which one would you pick and why the, and when? The big one. It's the, what size is that Ben? The five it's big the, the big the five big one. And it's, it's the a big two one. to six. Yeah. It's the two to six foot diver. That's a, Man, that's let a me big tell one. you something. If you right. put some Berkeley, I upgraded the hooks on it to Berkeley fusion, EWG, Number four sizes. Yep. When I did that, it turned it from a slow float to a suspending crankbait. Oh, you hit the money right there, man. In sub 45 degree water temperatures. Oh, yeah. You take that thing and any substantial piece of cover that you hit, when you hit it and pause it, that bait deflects off, it rolls up, and it centers. It does not shimmy. It literally Mm -hmm. rots itself and stops. And, dude, I've had so many fish eat that thing on that roll, hit something, stop, and then as soon as you go to turn the handle again, he's there. He's there. And, dude, that crankbait from the beginning of fall, from kayak river fishing and current to Highland Reservoirs to Chickamauga and everything else in between, dude, that thing is killer for me. Yeah. And it is really fascinating. Like, that's why I told Ben, I was like, dude, it's so much better than I thought it was. Because yesterday I went to one of the most pressured lakes that we have around here, high bluebird skies, post front, super tough conditions, and cranked the Fritz side the little bit deeper diving one, upgraded those treble hooks a little bit, upsized them a little bit to get that suspending action out of it. Same deal, man. Cranking that thing down a 45-degree angle bank, I'd hit a rock, I'd stop it, I'd go to roll it again, they pound it. Right on, man. It's interesting. I'm super fascinated by it. I'm I'm honestly just surprised. Top colors, top color. Why are you surprised? It's got David Fritz's name on it, man. That dude's a fool. Oh, I know. I know. All right, no, but like what 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 top top three colors? If you if you could only fish three Fritz sides for a variety of watercolor conditions in the big one, what colors are you buying? Okay, hold on. I got to pull them up because I, I can tell you the colors. That's, I don't know the names. <laughs> okay, I understand. It's all right. It's all right. It's uh, all right. Hey, and by the way, here. somebody somebody mentioned suspend strips. I'll give you a little tip. They don't stick as well as lead golf tape. Go to the sporting goods store. Golf go, tape. Go, 
Go to the golf section, get yourself lead golf tape. That stuff won't come off. Suspense strips, you got super glue it. You got to like push on it hard. The whole thing falls off. It just pisses me off, man. Yeah, so uh, agreed. But if you can't get your crankbait to suspend, you can put a little lead on the on the on. And this is where I generally put my lead. Each bait's different, but it's a shad wrap. But you know, if you ain't if you ain't throw weight in a shad wrap, you just ain't living. You ain't living, man. Come on. Just ain't living. <laughs> Come so, on, man. About honey seven shad. On. It's going to be honey shad. Uh-huh. Special red crawl. Oh, yeah. I got to have a crawl bait in there. You know you got to have a red crawl. And then one that's been super sneaky for me is HD green crawl. It is a matte, hyper-realistic crawl pattern, like almost like a, like a bait wrap with a solid black back. That matte color, cloudy days. Man, it, mm. it glows. It glows. It glows Ooh. green. And a lot of the lakes mm. around me, green is a very prominent color. Island reservoirs. Okay. I don't know if it's the crawdads or the bait fish or what it is. Green plays. And so those are the three that's been killing it. Have you ever put out a crawfish trap? I always wanted to do this. I pitched this idea as, as a show to Travis. Put out some crawfish traps. Bring my, my mobile jig making skirt with a bunch of skirt material. Match the hatch on the jigs and go out and fish a jig. I've not done it. No crawl. You got to. I've not done it, but I've thought I've got the crawfish trap. Will you do it the, this year? Oh, hell yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, because I right. did it with a Ned rig one time. We did a video. I'll have to yeah. find the video. I can send it to you. We yeah. were kayak fishing. We pulled up on this little shoal, and I go to flip yeah. rock. And they're oh, like, nice. They're like, Rud, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to find crawdads. And they're like, okay. So I'm flipping rocks, flipping rocks. And what was crazy is within like a 20 yard stretch, I pull out four different crawdads that were four completely different colors. What oh my god, from what to what black? I had one that was solid black, I had you one had that was brown, yes, brown with red. I had one that was green and red, and I had another one that was like a like a almost like a rusty, like the rusty crayfish looking one. You have but you have a picture of that black one that's on your Instagram way back, isn't it? Oh man, yes, I, I think it's on there. But here's that's the deal, Eric cool. is down here, man, like in the Tennessee River systems, all these tributaries, there are like hundreds and hundreds of species sure. of crawdads. And so like you can go from creek to creek to creek and get a different yeah. color of crawdads. And I've even noticed yep. going from one side of the lake to the other and putting fish in the whale, they'll spit up one color crawdads on one side of the lake and another color <laughs> crawdads on the other side of the lake. So you better be throwing the jig that's this color on the other side of the lake. That, that, that <laughs> bass will go, man, that's a crawl from the, over there. I'm not even Yeah, saying. I mean, you know, I don't know. Crazy. I don't know if they can do it, but it, it, but I've seen it happen. It's crazy. Well, here's the thing then. So here's the lesson. It yeah. doesn't matter what color jig you throw. Just throw a jig. God dang it. That's, that's right. It makes you <laughs> look just like a crawdad. Well, dude, I think just, crawdads just are the jig. most. I think crawdads are the most overlooked, oh. like form of food for a fish, especially a bass. Like I think that so many people overlook crawdads so much. Very true. Very true. All right, I got a question for you. What is your favorite? I think I found my favorite finesse jig that I never heard about. Okay. Ball ball head jig. I'm gonna hold it up and let's see how let's see the the is it the, right, the, readily available? Maybe. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, they sell it, but if it ain't sold out when you go to look for it. So of the 123 <laughs> people watching right now, who can identify this jig? I'm gonna show you the hook because that's the key element of it and the bait keeper. Hold on, I have a special uh -huh. feature is that a, on this is that, an Oshak that I'd like to 
It is. It oh is, my it is. word! I love this. Look at this, love man. This. All right, here it is, man. This is the this is uh Hella Bass ripped me off. He's now calling his debate cam. He's got two cameras, but there it is. There's the hook. <laughs> See, it is O'Shaughnessy style. I love that Hennessy right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you the bait keeper. Can you see it? It's a double one, right? See the okay. bait keeper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now you get the ball head. It is a cross eye, right? And a very mm-hmm. thin weed guard with a very sparsely tied skirt. So let's see. Uh, has anybody said it yet? Negatory. I don't have a clue. I don't have Negatory. A clue. It is okay. I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. So there is a partner in this business uh, who didn't originate the jig, but he's now involved in the business, and he is the son of a legendary Ozark angler. Randy Blockett. No. This jig is not $10. This jig is not It's not Apex. Oh, Apex is close. Nicol- Nicholas Estes got it. It's the Dirks jig. The it's Dirks the Dirks jig. jig. In my Dirks. opinion, now these are all half ounce. And Ben, I don't know if they bite this, uh, but um, <laughs> no, probably not. Let's not show it anymore. Uh, oh, then I won't. Well, no, I'm, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Would a smallmouth bite that color? Maybe. Oh, for I sure. Mean, dog stomp so, is small what mouth, it is. Smallmouth are so so curious, man. <laughs> I think oh, you can throw anything, right? Like. It nah. can be the most obnoxious thing, but if you can make them curious, and no, then get inside curiosity. reason, yeah, exactly, and then inside reason for them to bite it. I got some little ditties I've been working on, man. I got some stuff that I've been working on in the Bass Lab, man. <laughs> I can't wait to bring it to a smallmouth fish wreck. I can hardly contain myself, man. I had to get That's the components so cool. from Russia, Alex. No, I am Russia. not handy. I'm not handy like a Southern man. I'm a Yankee, and that's all there Russia. is to it. I, Mother I did. Russia. I bought it from. I can I hear Aaron calling. Hey, Mother Look, Russia. Man. Listen, comrade, Dolce Donya. But anyway, man, I, I, I'm pretty. Oh, God. Pretty, he's learned Russian. Oh. I had to to order it, but I'll just I'll leave you with this. Hold on, man. Okay, so look, this is just a regular trick worm, right? And but look, look, it's not it's not a swivel. It's not one of those big old uh, what do you call those oh, things? It's not a big old. It's not a big old. It's not a big old pivot head. Yeah, this is a yeah. Chabruska. Oh, dude, Chabruska, so, and I I tied that material on my favorite cover shot hook. Now it's it's the owner cover shot. So. I got a little skirt material. So this is kind of like the evolution of my shaky jig worm. I'm trying to like find a way to do it in, in volume because I've, I've had a lot of success, but nonetheless, anyway, I'm pretty excited. So why has, why hasn't any companies around here brought that yet? Right. Because you see, I don't it know. I don't all know. All over online, right? Like you look at AliExpress, right. you look at, you know, yes, all these yes, yes. places you find those stupid little ball head looking swivel heads. Yeah, they make but them in tugs, they make yeah. them in color, they make them in this flavor, so you can come through grass. It's like a little pointy head. I mean, it's a funky purple, but whatever. You know, they had to yeah. have them in black too. But uh, See, I watch um, a guy who is from Sweden or Italy. Sweden. No, the one's from Sweden, one's from Italy. And he perch yeah. fishes all the time and he uses that's, those things. But that's drags them around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a perch thing. It's a perch thing. Yeah. 
make no mistake about it, Jabruska, I think probably means like perch or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I might be but saying it wrong. Perch. So yeah. they're catching perch, yeah. but I, like I'll probably biggest. end up catching. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, like the they yeah. call them tench, tench. Yeah, and they're like that tall and like that yeah. long. Yeah, huge, these are yeah. they're big fish. So I I don't know, man. I like the concept of a free swinging. It's not a shaky head that's attached. It's got that yeah. freedom of movement. I can't even imagine what a what a high float plastic would. I mean. Put a little mango magic on that thing, Ben. For Hello. real. For real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. We that's could do funny. a collab, little mango magic and bass lab. Come on, man. We won't be stopped. Catching them. I keep oh, shaking this crankbait. I keep shaking this crankbait because it's an old Norman, but it's it's the old material. And so when yeah. I think about like, okay, let's talk. So this is about hard baits. This is about crankbaits in in particular. And this is about materials that companies choose to use to make their bodies of the crankbait, right? So when I think about a fish that a bass eats, a bluegill, a shad, or whatever it is, a blueback herring, they are not made of plastic, right? So Mm -hmm. a fish, you know, he's feeding on, based on the biologist you talked to, scent. So he could smell that blueback herring, and he's the highest protein value shake for the fish that day. That's why they chase him offshore so crazy in blueback lakes. But is there a sound that a fish, and is the resonance of a balsa wood plug, that 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 acoustic sound that that fish has swimming through the water, that balsa imitates better than plastic? So if you're if you're if you're hitting the shape profile and action, does the wood bait fool them better than the plastic bait better than the this is butyrate, by the way. And this is a soft plastic that old school baits were made of. You had to glue it together. You can't sonic weld it. I don't know if anybody knows how they put two halves of mm-hmm. Chinese plastic baits together, but they yep. do and then they go like ten thousand times it's vibra. You can't even tell, but then it's welded yeah. together through the vibration. These had to be glued together. And I think correct me if I'm wrong, is Norman still making yeah, they put out a bait, the speed end, which is butyrate. So they're taking the time to glue two halves together still mm-hmm. with butyrate, but it's soft. And this old lead thump, can you hear that? Mm-hmm. I tell you, man, yeah. some of the older butyrate plugs have just like the old screw tail bombers. Man, I wish they still made butyrate plugs. But is there something to it? Am I just imagining it? Well, Don't I'll care. tell you this much. There's dudes who are tying braid instead of split rings on balsa crankbaits around here. Ott Defoe let the secret out on a video about it, but to make it even more silent than it is. Holy crap. Can you imagine? I I saw Seth Frider do that on a, on a blade bait. And I'm just like, man, I don't have the patience to change the split rings out. How am I going to tie the blade? (laughs) 59. I mean, I do crazy stuff in the winter, but that's just one thing I won't do. Somebody does it. That's miserable. (laughs) Why don't they start a company where like, could you, how are you going to get it on the bait then? That don't make any sense. You got to do it at home. Got to be yeah. a Southern man. Uh, so, dude, I mean, it's just something that like, it's just that extra step. Like literally what's crazy is you take a boss of crankbait and you go, and then you change out the split rings to braid. Yeah. And it goes, and there's nothing. Uh, nothing. It's just that next step. Like it's that next step of silence. 
Isn't that crazy? And, and, dude, I don't know. That doesn't really answer the question that you asked, but I'll just tell you that that's something weird I've seen. And so, like, there's obviously something wow. to the the hydrosonic or the or the 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 sonic signature that's putting out, right? You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. I think a lot of the times it's contrast. It contrasts mm. the environment around the fish, and sure. it allows them to to pinpoint where it's at. You know what I mean? I, I think that's a lot of the times what it is, and I think you know you do extreme things in clear water to make bait silent and more subtle. True, and you do extreme True. things in dirty water to make things more loud, loud. and more sure. obnoxious. And sure. I think then there's like a weird in between of finding that in between in mixing water or whatever you're looking for. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? yeah. Interesting. Would you ask the Berkeley scientist if I'm ever invited back? And I behave myself tonight and come back with, and I'll drink <laughs> bourbon next time, even though I don't drink, but I will. Can you imagine That's me drinking I, bourbon and no, getting on this show? No. I mean, I'm drinking coffee and you can't get the bourbon. It would be over, but I'll, I'll join you. <laughs> anyway, so ask those Berkeley scientists, have they done a study on what bass can pick up best and maybe respond best to with their lateral lines, right? Have. Yeah. Okay. I need to know the frequency. Is it the one knock lead? Is it the high pitch BB? Like, why does a shad make a sound of like a rattle trap with 25 BBs in it or whatever the number they put in it? Right. You've heard them. You yeah, see the school yeah. of shad and they're going. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think mean, what that question, <laughs> I think that question plays beautifully into the question. Sobe asked earlier and I'll think it, okay. it plays Let's beautifully see. into a comment that I saw. So Sobe asked, do you believe that there's certain times a year that, I forgot how he worded the question, but he said, do you believe certain times a year the fish, you know, um, what was the, I would love to read the question verbatim because I don't want to jack it up. All right. So if you're here, man, ask, ask your question again, exactly the way you asked it 20 minutes ago. It hits up here somewhere. I, uh, right. right. uh, Nope, 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 nope. Uh, But we'll find it here in a minute, but pretty much he was asking, do you think that the, like the bass different times a year are going to be more willing to eat or something like that. And then someone else said, you know, how many fish has Keith Combs caught on a six XD on Lake Fork? Well, do you think time of year dramatically affects bass's intelligence? Absolutely. Mm. I think it does. Sure. Because I think if you have summer schooling bass and you've got a bunch of bass that are congregated in an area together, instinctually they're going to have a competitive instinct. They're going to compete with each other. And so if you can trick one of those bass to eat a 6XD, then you can trick 20 bass to eat a 6XD because they become competitive with each other because Uh, of the time of year and and how they're formed together because of the time of year. Whereas just like in the winter, when you have these big individual bass that aren't here in East Tennessee anyway, like you have those bass that go offshore and you go do the drop and you can drop on them. And if you can get one of those fish to eat, you can get 20 of them to eat. But what I like to do is go cranking and pick off those individual bass. And for those bass, it's the same thing. I have to be a lot more subtle. I have to be a lot more finesse. I have to be do those extra steps to be more subtle to get those fish to eat and to trick them. And so I think absolutely, depending on the time of the year and depending on the stimulus that's in, you know, being input upon them. Yeah, it's going to affect how a bass. I don't think their intelligence, but how they instinctually react to things. Yeah, and so it's just like a deer. What's the best time of year to kill a deer when they're trying to get some? Big bucks make stupid decisions when they're trying to make babies. <laughs> yeah. Bass make stupid decisions when they're around other bass. Yesterday, great example. 
I caught a smallmouth. Another smallmouth follows him up, trying to eat the bait out of his mouth. My buddy drops his Ned rig down there. We double up. Mm. That's a perfect situation where a bass instinctually made a stupid decision and put himself in a dangerous situation to be caught because he was competing with another fish. Right on. That's and right. I think that I don't think that there's any amount of 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 you know genetics or anything anything that can be passed down in certain scenarios that the instinctual drive to kill and to eat will override everything. And All then right, I think the, sometimes the instinctual drive to self-preservation will override everything. Mm. I think it just depends on the fish that you're dealing with because again like I said earlier, eat, make babies and don't get killed. And so there's two Two thirds of that that equation there in the bass, and when those two thirds start pulling at each other, in certain in and I don't know what it is in some bass, self preservation is going to win, and some bass, kill and eat is going to win. And it, I think it just depends on the fish. That's that's my experience with looking at fish and experiencing fish and being around fish is one or two is going to win. It's just dependent right. on a bunch of different existential factors that we probably can't control i mean hell the way the moon's tilted the way the earth's tilted the way the sun's shining i mean like it's a bunch of big shit that we can't control but all that big shit comes down into this little this little bass and it makes it make a decision trying to put it all together man i wonder like with your your um your your big and fritz side you know your cover cranking you figure it out by helping suspend the bait is getting you more bites to upsizing your trebles, right? Mm-hmm. You, you say it has that secondary action, which is mm-hmm. helping probably trigger bites. But are there a few, fi- let's say you actually took the time to take the split rings off and put the, the, the loop knots on with the braid. And mm-hmm. then Berkeley figured out a way to put like a little fur coat on that Craig. <laughs> and then you could put like, <laughs> you could put Matt Max scent on it. Just a yeah, little yeah. something, something. And so there it sits, and it's got this max scent because max scent for smallmouth is there's got to be something going on. Like I was talking about this maybe with Ben the other night on Jig Squad. Like, yeah, I threw a Berkeley flatworm on on the back of Travis's open water jig because he stopped throwing the jig and went back to his Ned because that's what he likes to do is throw the Ned and look at the fish on the mm-hmm. live scope. And I'm just casting, feeling the grass patches where the bigger fish were, and I'm snapping the jig out of grass. But I had the flatworm on, and I'm thinking to myself because I went on a little tear. And I know he's looking at fish. I can't see nothing. I'm in the back of the boat. I'm just rando casting. Is the max scent worm going to the bottom and going like sending out this aquasonic sound? That's going <laughs> kick, kick, kick. Like, so, like no, it, it has to be. I'll tell you a story about max scent, and it blew my mind. I'm at a high mountain reservoir, Western Maryland, Deep Creek Lake. I got a place up there. It's got a lot of small, smallmouth. We're fishing a Wednesday night tournament. We got beat to the dock system where my buddy knew we could win. The dude was fishing a Zebco 33 with a trick worm, a Zebco 303 maybe, or a 33. Anyway, the close face one. Yeah. Like you used to fish Mm -hmm. when you were a kid and beat everybody's ass with 15 pounds and change. So we said, we're out of here with zero on our little dock line. We're going up to the dam to try to catch like nine pounds of smallmouth for five fish, by the way. So we're on a buddy's boat, his boat, that this guy fishes the NPFL. He had some flatworms in the boat, the right color, green pumpkin goby. Justin goes, I can't take anymore. We're breaking open Timmy's pack of flatworms. He had like three. And he had a tournament the next week. Justin goes, I don't care. So Justin put one on. I'm still fishing my favorite drop shot worm for smallmouth. And I haven't had a bite. He cast out and catches one. 
and catches another one, mm. and maybe he caught another one. I don't remember. And I said, give me one of them flatworms. I got to have it. Now he's looking at the mega live. I'm not looking at anything. I just cast out and catch fish. Then I catch another one, two casts. Five casts, five fish. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I was see. casting. What Dude, is going on with that bait? Here's what's crazy. Here's, here's you what's tell crazy. me, Alex, what's going on? I know I didn't cast on a head of a smallmouth. Dude, so <laughs> here's the wild crap. On. I want to know. Max scent. Max scent. So I've yeah. caught a lot of largemouth on Max scent. I've caught largemouth on Max scent. Okay, me too. I've been throwing that little trooper a lot on a net head. Been throwing a little okay. troops, a little net rig bait. So yeah. yesterday I crank up a bait. I catch two largemouth on a crankbait. I turn around, yeah. I pick up that damn little trooper, and I start catching spots in smallmouth. And then I that go works. to another bank yeah. and only catch smallmouth. I know there's largemouth there, and I did this on another lake. I catch five smallmouth on max scent, and the one largemouth that I missed, I reel my, my max scent little trooper up to the side of the boat, and he falls it all the way to the side of the boat and doesn't eat it. And so, like, what is it about a smallmouth in particular with max scent? Like, dude, and I'm talking in its spots and smallmouth in particular. Now, largemouth eat it. I've got plenty of fish on on a on a general max scent largemouth. I mean, I've done that. But dude, sure. smallmouth. It's so like, the, the smallmouth must be so much more tuned into scent than largemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question for the Berkeley scientists. Like, have they studied smallmouth versus largemouth? Do they, Do they have a bigger olfactory rather? system or something? Exactly. Are they more tuned or are they just more yeah. aggressive? I don't know, but you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you that's know, you got to think. Amazing. A salmon can, a salmon, salmon, salmon. Yeah. Um, I'm a redneck, so it's salmon. Um, A salmon can, <laughs> a salmon is born in a creek. It swims yep. out into the ocean a thousand miles and by the light of the moon in the scent, it can track its way back to the creek that it was born in, down to the the inch where it was born. That's and nuts. like they've, I mean they've. There's, I watched a whole two hour documentary about it. Everybody else would have probably thought it's the most boring documentary on planet Earth. Man, I was glued to the freaking screen. Okay, wow. And, and like I was thinking, man, if a bass even has one thirtieth of that ability then he has more ability to smell than you could ever imagine. And in like some conversations I've had is they're putting scent in the water and bass are like, as soon as the scent hits the water, bass are going and like, what is that? Like (laughs) sharks do that. I mean, a drop of blood in the water, you know, with a shark Mm -hmm. or whatever they can smell. I mean, like, you know, you can bring in fish with chum lines from miles away. So right. you can't tell me as soon as that bait hits the water and as soon as that technology, I don't know how it works, starts putting sure. sin out into the water, that them that every living creature, because I've caught bluegill, crappie, saugers, sure. everything sure. on max scent. Like not everything in the in the water is like, what in the hell is You're that? Right, like, right. I gotta right. go, I gotta go figure that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think so much of it has to do with scent. I think scent plays so much bigger of a role in bass particularly and in really all fish than I think we could ever imagine. A really so how, do, how do we apply it to that? Do we need it? Especially in winter fishing, like slowing it down, you know, the pull worm retrieve, you know, you're grinding the bait on the bottom, you're fishing, you know, a rocky bank and it's going from chunk to pea gravel and you're just, you know, you're hitting that transition, you know, fish is there and you're stopping it. And if that scent was going, 
<laughs> he's got to eat it at mm-hmm. that point. Maybe. Yeah. I think I that's know. the biggest thing about Max scent, right? Is it's actual scent dispersion and ability to hold scent. So your Versus... crank bait would start out this big and it would go to like this big at the end. You have to <laughs> yeah. change crank baits like a, <laughs> well, like yeah. a candy. Shrink it's like a piece of meat. Max scent, like sitting on the, on the deck of your boat or something like a used pile of Max scent. It'll look way different after like a day or two of sitting on the deck of your boat yeah. than it originally did because like it dries out or the set i don't know why i don't know the science behind it but it like gets nasty and soft and like just junk could they yeah. get a little maxent niblet to put like on the on the <laughs> shank of the the hook just like on the shank right here i just want a little maxent niblet that would interfere with anything you know i don't know and man. see I'm i just, wonder I'm... i i wonder truthfully you know, obviously with a hard bait, it's almost all reaction. Sure. Like you're you're in hitting an instinctual yeah, but- driving a fish to kill. But like you say, when you're slowing down, That's can what I mean. that extra little just umph of that scent be enough yeah. to drive that bass? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. This, this, is, this is what has shown me more than anything is live bait fishing. Live mm. bait fishing shows you how many fish live in an area and how many fish you truly fish right past and you never get to bite. This is mm. a crazy conversation. And so, man, so I went, I've gone live bait fishing. I've done it three times now. Yep. And I do it once or twice a year because it's just a shit ton of fun and you always catch giant fish. So there was one day that I went with, it was me, Caleb, and Bailey from the Serious Anglers podcast. Caleb threw artificial baits all day long. Bailey yep. switched between artificial and live bait. I caught over 25 fish. My best five went 40 pounds. Caleb never got a bite. That's and so Bailey, crazy. the entire time that he threw artificial baits, never got a bite. That's nuts. And like you could go back through that area. I could drop you down there, Eric, with every tool that you wanted in your arsenal, and you might catch a limit. If That's I go back crazy. down through there with a bucket full of gizzard, gizzard shad, I'm going to catch 40 pounds. That's crazy. And so to kind of add on to that as well, you know, you look at like shock reports and they'll go and shock an area. Yeah. I've been behind a shock boat before. And like I've seen studies done where they tell guys, hey, we're going to give you an hour to fish the shit out of this pocket. And guys go fish that pocket for an hour and catch one three pounder. And then the shock boat goes through there and shocks up 250 fish. Yeah, that, true. True story. On the upper bay, my buddy Jack Rinkers fished his favorite dock system. He caught nothing. The shock boat came behind and shocked up like 175 fish. Yep. He and so, got zero bites. Yep. And so I think every added what? advantage that we can have. And I think since, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I think every added advantage that you can have to get a bass to bite is there i think you, you would be sick at your stomach at the end of the day if you could put a little camera on your bait and see how many oh, fish yeah. follow it but don't Ooh. ever eat it oh my i mean God. Oh. dude like that's like, yeah. crazy yeah like like mouth it and spit it out oh yeah oh yeah like how many bites do you not fail hey. yeah oh hold on I, oh wait a minute. what was that <laughs> yeah Yep. Crazy man. That would be something. Something. Yeah. I'm have you thrown the the uh the jig with the max? I mean the uh power bait yeah. skirt. And yeah. it's, it it's good. I, I'm not a hundred percent. They smell they smell really bad. Yeah. <laughs> they smell like they smell like you filleted a fish, is the best way I can describe it. <laughs> like 
Like you take like a nasty like a carp and lay that Ooh. bad boy open and get you a good whiff of it. That's exactly what it smells like. They smell oh. terrible. Oh, yeah. and I'm just not sure. Like, I think it's just like Alex said. It's another added potential benefit. Yeah, more than it's anything. Just it's just tricking them, man. It's tricking them. I mean, that's True. all you're doing. Every time you get a fish to eat an artificial bait, it's tricking them. I think Very what true. live bait fishing is, it's not tricking them. I mean, it's giving them what they want. It's giving them the real thing. You don't have to trick them because it's the real deal. Yeah. Whereas with like, anything artificial, I mean, dude, look at an Alabama rig. Like, how uh, freaking unnatural is an Alabama rig? But dumb. all you're doing is you're giving them an enough flash and enough movement and enough shake and enough shimmy that it's like overwhelming to a bass almost. It's like, oh my God, I got to try to kill it. You know what I mean? Yep, and yep. you just trick them. But how many fish follow that thing in that you never see? How many fish do you swim that thing right by and they never even move? Like it doesn't even tickle their face. Like sure. we're only, I think we're only seeing really like if you go fish for eight hours. I think that and you catch, let's say you catch 15 fish. I think that you've seen one one thousandth of the actual potential potential of what you could have caught during that day. Yeah. Yeah, Just, it's true. It's a now everybody's, everybody's over in the comments trying to figure out how we can chum for fish. I'm gonna come <laughs> up with like a damn like a spray we can spray in the water. <laughs> I love like I love pro here. I put it on a bunch of soft plastic baits, mm. but I this is what keeps bringing me back to Maxent and actually being like the material and the dispersion ability mm. is like Procure is great when it's on the bait, but mm. like the problem is it doesn't stay on forever. Maxent does it soak in? Like my buddy swore that like Jack's juice like <laughs> soaked into the bait if you like sprayed it overnight or whatever. You know, I like know can you was... marinate? Can you marinate regular plastics and have it absorb into? Uh, plastics, like if you I think put it in, like buddy, the guy, uh, the guy who's the Takuitu that like marinated his baits and they swelled right. up and they look. What the hell did they look like? They well, were. Ugly. I think isn't plastisol just by nature hydrophobic? Man, go ahead, Alex, with the uh, science brain tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I think that um, those baits, uh, what the eco aqua gear shrimp or eco aqua shrimp. That, that's a different um, material. It's it's not plastic. Oh, so he was fishing. Song. He was fishing eco eco. He was yeah. fishing eco bait. Oh, got yeah. it, got it. So yeah. it absorbed. Yeah, um, but no, I think it's interesting. So Nick Rose, who messages in all the time, but he's one of my buddies. He, um, I think, learned this on Travis's podcast. Takes his soft plastic baits, soaks the scent, soaks the salt out of his plastic baits, and then is trying to re soak them with like the procure uh jelly or, or juice so it like sucks like into the bait right so he basically what? soaks the salt out of his baits dries them and they have all the holes and like nasty looking and then he's re-soaking them with the juice that's wild like you know, you know how like the old zero which was by the way the original ned rig you guys yeah. know that yeah, yeah. of course mm -hmm. you, of course you would so anyway but i mean like if you like like when I was cutting my zeros in half to make the Ned, when I first discovered that article in Midwest Finesse, I think it was, mm -hmm. it, it, like, I mean, the salt would just pour out of that thing. And so that <laughs> had to be both. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, like, I mean, it just pour out of it, man. The Greg Hackney package. And I, yeah. but I would I got like smelly, 
I would put yeah. some smelly jelly on it, and I know that yeah. I felt like it was going into the bait. And the more ratty it got, the better it worked. Yeah, which is wild too, right? See, um, I wonder. I wonder if the next step in scent technology is pheromones. Like, is Max scent? I don't know the size of Max scent. It's probably pheromones, dude. It's I probably the most. Cologne. I bought some cologne in college that swore yeah. it was pheromone based. Right, I like it, it man. Mikey and I. I'm like this. Mikey came up here. I'm aware uh, that shit. We <laughs> I didn't hear any more girls. We were in the parking lot at Frank's, and this guy who owns a company called Lure Lipstick is like, saw Mikey in the parking lot. He goes, Oh my gosh, are you Mikey Balls? I got to sell you on this stuff called Lure Lipstick. He's like, It only contains the fear pheromone. And it scares the fish into biting. And like the whole week, it was just <laughs> like, how do you how do you only get the fear for, pheromone from these fish? You like put them in a tank and like scare them. Yeah, scare the fear pheromone. <laughs> Alex, just throw, throw throw that whopper plopper over. Bang yeah. it, bang <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Now push uh, it back into that pot. We got oh, it. Stir it. I just That's love great. it, man. I just love it. But I mean, seriously, I think, I think, you know, and I don't know how Max Scent works. That's probably like the most heavily guarded secret. I mean, it's like locked behind four vaults, you know. Like they don't patent it because if they patent it, then then the the what? formula gets out, right? I mean, it's like the Krabby Patty secret formula, dude. Yeah. But like, I just, I just wonder, I just wonder if Krabby like, Patty next... secret formula is crab, by the way. Exactly right. <laughs> um. So I just wonder if the next step in bass fishing technology is pheromones. Like, is it, it and is Max sent some kind of pheromones that they're not telling us? I mean, have they figured out how to make some kind of synthetic or even a natural pheromone that they're, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think that's what, you know, we often talk about, me and Ben talk about, like, what's the next step in bass fishing technology? You know, we've talked about electronics. We've talked about baits. We've talked about this. You know, I think electronics, it's making iPhone level electronics that can take several updates and, and you don't have to replace your hardware every year. You just do software updates. Mm. I think the next step in bait design is synthetic plastics, not only hard plastics, but soft plastics. And, and you know, maybe some kind of organic polymers or some crap like that that we've never seen. I mean, 3D printing organics, you know, they 3D printed a heart. Yeah a few months ago at a hospital. And so like, don't tell me this, not just a amount of time before that starts getting applied to things as simple as bass fishing. And we're making hormone infused plastics that literally like a fish can't help, but try to kill it because it's hitting its olfactory system on a hormonal level. That's just uncontrollable. That's crazy. I, I mean, that's what, that's what, you know, Dove estrus is it's a hormonal pheromonal level of interaction with a with a buck's brain that he can't Dang. help but come over there and take a sniff of it what so why hell? can't we apply that to bass fishing man yeah. Dang. i feel bad yeah. for the buck now the bass know, right? buck and yeah. bass that's a good rain suit by the way holy moly <laughs> man that's nuts uh-huh what it's crazy man apparently the guy with the lipsticks got it the fear hormone i had to put uh, some lip balm on for this next segment what dang yeah. the all-new berkeley triple x over here triple wow. x triple x triple x oh shoot okay eric Man. so we're gonna start to wind this thing down but i kind of want to yes. get a couple more questions on jdm baits 
Sure. So if someone was to go out and look for, you know, just like a JDM starter kit, like, like mm. what to get them excited about JDM baits? What are like Man. three baits you would give them to check out? Get, get yourself one of them Imakatsu Magula moth chatters, even the perfection Absolutely. if you can't find the Magula. Um, the monster has the bigger the bigger uh, hook, but you know, the um the perfection, you'll you'll be able to tell the difference between the perfection uh and the monster. The monster has the the textured blade. I don't know if you can see that. Yep. And mm -hmm. the perfection, if I can grab one here, uh this one has wires on it. Um has a smooth blade perfection. So the hooks are different, different gauge, but uh, they're both great baits. So you couldn't go wrong with either of those. Um, get yourself a bladed crankbait, man. I mean, if you can find the waddle bats, you won't be sorry. Um, that'd be a second one that I'd get. And maybe, let me think about something that really excites me in the JDM markets. And spinner baits are coming back into play. My favorite JDM spinner bait, it, because I like the blade combination it's the uh super eruption by jackal uh they still make the junior i think you can find it but the original jackal super eruption which is not a junior size uh it has you know just really cool um features uh, i like the reverse teardrop on the blade it gives the thump of probably in indiana not a colorado but a lot of thump but the flash of a willow it's a reverse teardrop so That's i always cool. thought that was incredibly innovative on their part uh, they've welded the blade, um, and you could do this with spacers. So look, man, you can find a bait to do this with spacers. But I like how there's a bend in the arm and the, the secondary blade. You know, here's the lead blade by the hook. The secondary blade is welded in place by two beads. And so you, when you, you know, if I'm reeling past the stump and I stop it for that split second and it's falling down, the blades automatically engage. And they start to engage instantly, like, as soon as that bait hits the water on a cast, if I'm not like on the retrieve, as that bait is falling, I've gotten bites like on a cast. Like I go to reel in a grass bed and the fish is already on it. Because when that blade, huh. when that bait's falling, the blades are going, they're helicoptering. So it's a That's great crazy. bait to like, you know, if you're burning the, the bait and you stop it in a grass hole, the bait, the blades right are in the grass hole, man. Down. Yeah, gotta you get got it right it, in the baby. grass hole, son. <laughs> it's, it's a super fine cut silicone skirt. It's got a badass hook on it. Um, yeah, that'd be another one that I'd get. And the junior gets bit. I like it's a small profile bait uh, for you tidal river rats that, you know, want to downsize. It's a it's a bait that gets a lot of bites. So um, it just gets bit. That'd be, that, that, those would be three. That's you got a spinner bait, a chatter bait, and a crunk bait. Um, nothing really crazy. I'm trying to think, man. Oh, my God. Have you, fished, have you fished the uh, scat, the cover scat? The cover scat. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, what, what, tell me more about it. Is it the one with the propeller on the back? No, it's a soft plastic. Oh, that's the noisy cat. Oh, no. soft plastic, the cover scat. Yeah. yeah, I got a whole thing from Ben at um, the hookup. Uh, the hookup, and I went through that, and there is a cover scat in that. So I got I got the cover scat. I have not thrown the cover scat, um, but I, I was curious on throwing the cover scat. I mean, I could have done a little bait show on all the JDM stuff he sent me apparently there were some three hundred dollar jerk baits in there who knew frozen tequila. what I, that's what guys were dming is, me like you could sell that on ebay right now and i'm like well, i'm not gonna do that is that those jerk baits that you were showing off in the yeah I'll jig show them squad? Again. oh dude you got, these are crazy time. jerk baits yeah we got time 
<laughs> let me pick the right button. I mean, these little these little bags were. I mean, I was just like that, man. That's cool. That's, I mean, that's another thing. That's another thing about JDM, man. Is they're so yeah. like cool about it because I think they respect the art of it so much. Yeah, it's more yeah. than oh, just. For it's sure. more than just. Well, it's so much. Yeah. Box. I mean, it's it's so it's so unutilitarian. Like it's like yeah. art. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, that's yeah. the difference between American design and and other and Japanese design is we're very utilitarian and want to it to work, where the Japanese yeah. want it to work and to look pretty. All right, that's my crankbait box. Sorry, I picked up the wrong one. I think it's in this one. That's okay. Sean says uh, the cover scat's legit. Unweighted okay. text rig. Yeah. Um. Here, here we go. I think I got the right box. Is this the right box? Um, it's in this mega bags part. It's pretty cool. I think that's the one. Let's see. Nope. Hope I didn't take them out and put them someplace else. Do uh, <clears throat> do you buy a lot of your JDM stuff from the hookup, or do you go to like the Japan Tackle Shop or? Uh, uh, Ichiban has was one of my favorites in the beginning uh, because I could find used baits that wouldn't break the bank. Yeah. Um, so Ichiban, which means I guess number one in, in Japanese, Ichiban. Ichiban. Um, here we go. So let's see. So let's start with the one that was like getting everybody cuckoo. The frozen tequila. It's hmm. a matte finish. And this is what Ben says. It's orange belly. Uh, frozen tequila said he would never go anywhere with small mouth without that color. That's so cool. This one is a uh, this one is purple weenie shad. That was another one that people were going goofy on. <laughs> purple, weenie. <laughs> purple weenie shad. <laughs> Child. <I love> it. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, is this one of the ones that was like everybody was going nuts? No, I don't think so because maybe this is the GLX natural shad. But really, I think it was the frozen tequila and the green weenie. And then what was the other one? This is the uh, this is the other bait that he said you, you, he he sent me all money. PM ill reaction. Pretty. It seem too, I mean, That's it's pretty. pretty. They're all pretty yeah. baits, right? You know. Yeah. You can see the color shift. The color shift, I guess, is where they've got it. You know, over maybe some of the American paint schemes. I don't know, but you know, Six Sense is doing a good job. With their paint schemes too. Yeah, they have some really cool paint schemes as well. They do. They do. Especially their custom tackle shop. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that that's the that's the little uh that's the little show. That was the just the hard bait section. There's a whole plastic section. There's some cool stuff in there. Stuff, you know, I haven't really spent a lot of money on the more fancy JDM side of the plastics. Um just because to me, um I don't know, man. Maybe I should have been paying attention more, right? Um, I just found the, the hard bit. Yeah, but like they have some funky you keep, stuff. They you know? do, but you can keep, like, when you find a cool crankbait, like, you yeah. can fish it over and over. And over. You don't have right. to buy 50 packs of plastic. Right, yeah. right. I just couldn't bring <laughs> yeah. myself to buy a $9 pack of plastics, you know. Yeah. Like, I got excited. Like, right, like, yeah. before rabbit baits, you know, I'd see the hairy hog from, and I'm like, ooh, now that I would buy. Right, because yeah. it had it yeah. was completely different. Right, it was giving me some natural action that plastic might be able to do. Mixing fur and feather with plastic baits got me excited. Like you know, that little joker got me excited for a while. So yeah, did I ever throw it? Nope, 
because I'm not really smallmouth fishing, but I threw the hairy yeah. hog. did pretty good. But, you know, you I know, could tie my own stuff, too, here down in the basement, a jig with some fur and feather on it, because that's what I do in the lab. Yep. So I wouldn't spend $9.99 or $12.99, 20 bucks shipping to get a jig that had some hair on it. You know? Yep. You know what's fascinating to me is Berkeley's whole JDM line that you can't get here. Like, that is fascinating. Like... I've asked for it too. Like I, I like specifically asked my dude over at Berkeley. I, I like texted Nathan. I was like, "What's the likelihood of me getting some power wags?" He's like, and he's like, and, 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 he's like, he goes, he goes, I can't even get them. He's like, the pros okay. can't even get them. It's like that makes no sense. What's the story with that? That pisses me off. So you got I Berkeley, do- an American-made company that's selling really badass shit in Japan, sells to me for, people would buy for $9.99 if it costs more money to make. What the hell? Dude, yeah. so I was, I was that same skate shop I was following, I need to message him to you so you can look at it. There's a yeah. guy over there that has his own signature series Abu Garcia rods that are called the Muddy Water Series rods. They're two what? rods. One's a 610 medium heavy. The other one's like a 68 heavy or something it's weird they're weird like they're weird sizes and weird actions it's like a heavy moderate and like it's weird i don't know what it is but they're abu garcia signature series muddy water rods japanese exclusive and they do the same thing in south korea like the koreans have a absolute love for abu garcia because it's where a lot of Abu Garcia is made, so they take pride in the fact that it's made in their country, just like we take oh, f- wow. pride in the fact that things are made in the U.S. But there's sure. like whole signature series of rods, reels, and baits in Japan and South Korea that are Berkeley that will, I, I don't think, ever see the light of day in America. The only one that we've seen come to America is the Critter Hog. The Critter yeah, which Hog is was... Gone, which is gone. They stopped. The Max and Critter Hog? They stopped. Oh, hell, I got three packs of them. I'm holding on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Critter Hog had a little JDM-inspired design. You're right, man. And then yeah. they stopped selling it. I guess it doesn't no. play, and that's the weird part. Maybe they've done their market study, and Japanese-inspired designs sell better over there than they would domestically, you know, because, I mean, if but you're happy hard with your... baits. Have you seen the, the Berkeley Dex hard baits? Baits and, and uh, blade baits and crank yep. baits. They're unbelievably gorgeous they're yep. they don't like their berkeley american hard baits are okay they're getting way better they're yeah, japanese they're improving. beautiful beautiful wow wow i mean Dude, maybe, you like they'll, fur. maybe they'll see the light you like fur they have a <laughs> they have a square bill with giant marabou tufts tied on the treble hooks that's crazy in the deck series of berkeley like it's just crazy crap like that, dude. Yeah, right. That's nuts, man. That's nuts, man. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, uh, I'd love to see some of that stuff come here, man. No mm-hmm. question about it. No question about it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple other little Japanese gems that you know I can't show, but <laughs> 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 I'm putting together like a little finesse crankbait box. I got like I don't know, twenty people said they were interested because I've got volumes of some stuff that i've been collecting over the years and if i should meet an untimely uh, early death through uh like a tragic bass fishing accident with alex rudd um on the tennessee river my wife's gonna haunt me i think i told you that earlier on the show before we went live so i'm thinning out the uh i always keep stock enough but uh yeah 
So I just want to share it because I really love, that's why I stream. I like to share. A lot of people mm -hmm. wouldn't give up what I just gave up, but I like to share some things that I know are going to get somebody some really good fish because it's probably something way different than they've ever thrown in their life. And maybe nobody on their body of water is throwing it um, and it's going to do something good for them. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's what, that's, that's what I'm doing. Heck yeah. That's cool. damn right. Yeah. Damn everybody. Right. The question yeah, of brother. the evening, the question of the evening. So yes. Oh, Go ahead. What's the question of the evening? Do you think JDM baits are still as valuable? Like they're still worth Ooh. paying the extra money over um, more affordable, you know, domestic made market baits. Sometimes. Yes. I've just had too, too many experiences where I've had that JDM bait fishing behind somebody who's a way better angler than me, way better crankbaiter than me. And you just can't explain it other than either a the fish hasn't seen it before they're not conditioned to it it's got a crazy action that just triggered something in them that made them say i have to bite that yeah right um but on some levels no you know i mean i've caught as many fish on american made spinner baits that i have on the jackal super eruption but if somebody's throwing that hog collar in front of me, I, I, I want to feel like I've got something that's just a little bit different that if I throw it behind them and it's my job in a team turn to put a fish in the boat or two or three to, to add to the catch that day. Like, you know, I love a Rico. I love a pop R. I love them for different reasons, right? In different situations, an old P70 dependent upon, or just a regular size Rico or the big Rio Rico ton of fish on those baits. But, I also like flash and I like a prop bait and there's a little Japanese inspired JDM popper. That's got all three of those things going for it. It's got a prop. Mm -hmm. It's got a, a flash on the bottom blade. And then it's got a cupped mouth as a popper and I can walk it. And it just is providing a couple more visual cues and sound that I can't find in any popper made domestically. Or any other JDM popper, and it's it got it just been it just got bid for me like like it, it factored into my championship at the Bojangles, which is my biggest team tournament win ever. You know, got us the help us get the points championship and the two day classic win on uh, on Gaston. My buddy I think yeah, I think I think that speaks to the fact that I think for some people going out and buying JDM baits would be a waste of money because they don't spend the time on the water enough right. to, I don't want to say appreciate because I think everybody appreciates it when they buy it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you wouldn't buy some of this stuff at the prices that we buy it to not appreciate sure. it. Sure. But I think that for some, like for your common, you know, bank angler who's yeah. getting to fish, you know, one time a week, I don't think a $35 chatterbait in some instances god because i know i've spent ridiculous amounts of money on them is is worth right. it to them over like the z-man but i think when you get into oh i the I, I agree I yeah agree. when you get into the level of angling and just the dedication that we have to the sport then yes it's worth it because yeah we've spent enough time on the water to not only appreciate it but to yep. also be able to 
dissect and pick up on the nuances of a certain bait more quickly and then apply that tool the way it should be applied. Whereas right. an angler who's a little bit lower on the rung of the angling journey, maybe sure. doesn't need to pick that bait up until he's a few more rungs up on the angling journey. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, it's like you don't go out and buy a, I don't know what, what a good parent, like you don't go out and buy a brand new set of TaylorMades the first time you go to the golf course. True. You know what That's I mean? That's right. That's you, right. You go buy, you go buy a cheap set to make sure you like it. And so like, yeah. I think it's one people like I have kids ask me all the time, like if you could buy four JDM baits, what would you buy? I'm like, I wouldn't, I would take that money and I would go buy 10 things that you can get at the tackle store for the same amount of money. And then you have 10 baits right. instead of four. You know what I mean? M- Master a Z-Man six, nine, find it on sale at Dick's and go get a Z-Man chatterbait and then experiment yeah. with a bunch of American made trailers and watch yep. how the bait operates right in front of your eyeballs. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. Learn how to snap it through grass, focus on yep. your rod, reel gear line, right? Yep. Catch a few fish, develop a confidence yep. in it, and then expand yep. your chatterbait line. I would start, I would never send anybody out at that level and go buy JDM because there's a, you know, I mean, angler asset spinnerbait's one of the best out there. Uh, you can get it for, you know, a reasonable price and it's going to catch them just like my little JDM spinnerbait. Um, yep. You know, it. I feel like it just gives me that edge that I need yep. when I'm on the back of the boat and I've got to add to the angler. I don't fish tournaments where I'm you know, in a BFL, I only fish team tournaments. And so my mm-hmm. whole mindset is, can I bring something different to the table that's going to produce an extra bite or two during that day that's going to make me a contributor to the game? Because mm-hmm. I'm getting second, unless I'm fishing a grass bed, if we're flipping or pitching to extra, like, usual cover, mm-hmm. I got to present something different. Because when I'm a scooter mm-hmm. on his water, I mean, we're fishing Cypress. He knows where the knuckle is, where the five pounder lives. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't flipping behind him and catching that bass, but there's sometimes where I've, where I've put something behind him that's very yeah. different than what he throw that does. I'm either downsizing, finesse fishing, giving him a heart attack with a fairy wand, right? Yep. And it's producing a bite. Um, yep. He would never do it, but I would. And I'm risking yep. the biscuit to try to get the bite. So, And that's just regular old Z-Man Ned Rig, bud. And that's the old regular Z-Man head. And nothing from Japan in that mix with a little <laughs> bit of freaking... Uh, you know, uh, get yourself a little uh, uh, smelly jelly bass UV crawl. Make sure it's yeah. UV because I believe in UV a little bit. I, even if they can't see UV, they can see the glitter. And, and you know, <laughs> I like my purple and gold. Come on. Um, so Come get on. yourself Come some of that, it. man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and if I got something stinky on my hand, it smells worse in my hand or they like it better. So, yeah, uh, that's what I would tell people to do. Hell, if, think- even if you were a serious angler, go do that. <laughs> Yeah. If you ain't throwing yeah. a Ned, man. You're a fool. Yeah. I think for me, like the biggest thing is is pay the money for the innovation, not necessarily for a bait that is fairly standard, right? Like if you're looking for a bait that has something different, like a waddle bat or like yeah. you know, special JDM stuff, like really cool JDM yeah. stuff where they really put yeah. the innovation and thought behind it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what makes baits like um duo so cool and Imakatsu mm-hmm. so cool and in and that's why Megabass was so cool when they brought the vision here until everyone decided they want to knock it off everywhere. Sure, right. But like sure. now that innovation is in your $10 jerk bait. So like start yeah, to spend crazy, the money. Right? Yeah. Start to spend that money on the innovation more so than necessarily just to have a JDM bait. For example. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Good, good, good point. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Anyways, Anyways, boys, we're going to wind this thing down. I appreciate yeah, you both man, hopping awesome. on here. Um, man, this was a really fun me. conversation. So I thank enjoyed you guys it. for 
hopping on and talking about this with us. But uh, everyone over in the comments, we got up to like 175 viewers at one time. Um, wow. Really, really appreciate it. Tons and tons of people watching on a Sunday night when, when football is going on. So thanks That's for That's pretty incredible, right? Chat. Yeah. yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, this is going to be on podcast form. If you guys are listening on podcast, we also do this live on YouTube. It's about every other week. Uh, Sunday night at 8 p.m. So come check it out on YouTube at Benjamin Noak Fishing. As always, thank you guys for watching. Take care of tight lines. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye.